We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. Today's video is brought to you by StoryboardThat.com. Please visit TeacherCast.net slash StoryboardThat for a limited time offer. Welcome to the 33rd episode of the Principal Cast Podcast. Our guest tonight is Peter DeWitt, and our topic is Life After the Principalship. Our uh, Principal Cast is co-hosted by Teresa Stagger, Jessica Johnson, and myself. We are a weekly roundtable discussions about current topics in education leadership. For more information, go to our website, principalcast.com. You can always connect with us in so many different ways uh, through the hashtag PrincipalCast or, of course, at PrincipalCast on iTunes. Uh, tonight's topic is Life After the Principalship with our guest, Peter DeWitt. Peter will be discussing his tenure as a principal, his new position as a visible learning trainer, and basically the brains behind the upcoming Connected Educator series, which is anticipated to be released in the fall of 2014. 
If you don't know about Peter, you really should because he's an author, a speaker, mm -hmm. presenter. Uh, his blog, Finding Common Ground, is published by Education Week. He's a freelance writer and for Vanguard Magazine. He published his first book, Dignity for All, Safeguarding LGBT Students in 2012. He's a contributor in a chapter in Peter Lang's Authentic Alternatives to Accountability and Standardization. And he has two forthcoming books to be released this fall, one on school climate change, co-authored with Sean Slade through ASCD Arias. And flipping communication doesn't have to mean reinventing the wheel through Corwin Press. Peter spent 11 years as a K-5 teacher and eight years as an elementary principal. As a principal, he was named the 2013 Outstander, Outstanding Educator of the Year by School Administrators Association. He has presented at local, state, and national inter and international conferences, and most notably, Peter is uh, presented at the NAESP, ASCD, and was a panelist on NBC's Education Nation. Whew, that's a lot of accomplishments, Mr. DeWitt. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks, Spike. It's good to be here. It's good to have you. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Teresa. So before we go into the main part of our uh, show, we just like to recap how things have been going. I know it's a lot different during the summer. It's also <laughs> probably a lot different for you, Peter, now that you're not, you know, in the day-to-day -day, um, aspects of being a principal. So, Teresa, how are you enjoying your vacation? Uh, it's exciting. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since I've had a vacation. I was um, because I was out of education for a couple of years. Uh, the summer summer break thing is is kind of new again. So it's it's exciting. Um, but I don't, you know, it it's weird because I'm I'm not ready for the vacation because I I wasn't ready for the school year to end. I felt it was, you know, we had finally hit the stride and we were moving and so now, you know, it is what it is and we've done some hiring and uh, my exit interviews with my teacher and or teachers, sorry, and uh, just hanging out with my kids and getting ready for next year. What about you? Well, I um, I think this is the first principal cast I've done since I've been out of. Oh, uh, it is. Yeah, because we went really late this year yeah. in New Jersey because of all the snow. Uh, so it's been really good. I've had um, you know, spend some time. Uh, with the kids and with Teresa, my Teresa. Well, you're both my Teresa, but <laughs> your wife, <laughs> my wife, right. <laughs> my co-host. Teresa, just it's it's all over. Um, and I actually uh, I played golf today, which was fun. And then we finished. Uh, we were putting stones around our, um, like on top of our fireplace. And I'm not a big fan of, like, doing that kind of stuff. Like, I'm not very mechanically inclined or I'm not very technical at all. And that can be very frustrating. Um. Mostly for my wife <laughs> because she has to give me all these instructions. And but at least, like, my brother-in-law was here. My sister-in-law, they helped out. But, ay, 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 not my thing. Aww. So how's, how's your week going, Peter? Um, it's, it's going well. Uh, you know, I'm getting ready to do some traveling. I fly out to Nashville on Wednesday. Uh, I'm presenting at NASP on Thursday morning. And then I fly from Nashville on Thursday afternoon to Las Vegas to present 
at SDE's national conference, which is the School Devel Staff Development for Educators. So I'll be in Las Vegas, and I come back on Saturday. Wow. Oh, nice. so I'm home awesome. for three days, and I fly to San Diego. So, so you're only going to be at NAESP uh, for a day or a couple hours? I'm, I'm going to be at NAESP for about 24 hours. I fly in on Wednesday afternoon, and I fly out Thursday afternoon. Oh, that's wow. a quick trip. <laughs> Uh, you know, I have to admit, it's it's sort of a life I'm starting to get used to these days. Uh, I was recently in Europe with with John Hattie, and uh, they've got a crazy schedule. They were, we were in London for, I was in London for five days, and then we were in Sweden for one, and Denmark for two. So, it's a crazy schedule. Wow. All right, Peter, <laughs> all I have, I, I have to ask this question. Okay, Spike. Because I'm ready. <laughs> I've seen this commercial. I, I see. I've seen this commercial that we have been folding our clothes in, in an improper way for for years, right? And okay. they take these clothes now, they roll them up, and then they like just like lay them over top of each other and stuff, not like folding it like you would if you were in I don't know, say you know the Gap, you know, working at the Gap and folding them and putting them on the um, the counters. How do you okay. pack for all these trips? Not, not very well, actually. I am the kind of guy that color coordinates my shirts in my closet, um, and I see Teresa's look right now, like, oh my, what's wrong no. with them? I actually color coordinate and coordinate my shoes. Um, so this is this is not good. I, I have not learned to pack well. Um, I used to pack too much. Now I probably pack just the right amount. Um, but I typically check in my luggage, which is kind of a no-no if you're doing a lot of traveling. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah not yeah, good. But have you? I mean, have you ever? This is always my issue when I'm traveling for trips, and I had a really hard time when I was in the job before this one because I traveled a lot, and um, and they were like quick trips. But I mean, realistically, you find the the right amount of clothes to pack. But then, don't mm -hmm. you ever get to a point that you're there and you're like, oh, I really wish I had something else to wear. <laughs> I don't want to wear this today. Or, oh, I wish I brought my other shoes. I mean, like, isn't that the problem? <laughs> Is that you're, yeah, you plan all your stuff out and then you're like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to wear this today. Yeah, and that's that's how I felt. Like I was in Fort Lauderdale for four days, and on the fourth day, I was like, I don't want to wear these pair of pants. Right? And this was the last pair of pants that I had. And like, See? there's nothing worse than not wearing what you want to wear. And you know, plus and I always wear something else. I will say I'm very disciplined. I go. I usually go to the gym every morning before I like when I'm traveling. It's a good way to start out the day. And sometimes I just like if I didn't pack enough stuff, I I feel like I didn't start the day off right. Um, I'm sounding very obsessive compulsive right now, actually, aren't I? <laughs> at, I least um, you, at least you heard it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. Spike asked me this leading question. Yeah. We we're really uncovering some, some ground here very early on, I would say too. But you guys I just won't get always anywhere else. It, it, yeah. Yeah, we never really. We never. If you really. haven't figured out my issues through my blog, you're. Just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just fascinated by it because you're right. I see people who are like traveling all the time, and I I don't do quite as much. Um, and. They just seem like they're just they're pros at it, you know. And I just I, I don't know. It's it's it. I, I guess it's an people. art. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, I mean, if I was gonna say strongly, you know, strongly, <laughs> not all of them. I'm sure they're all nice, but uh, I'm sure they're nice. They 
Well, I just wanted to know how you got it down or if you're getting it down. Maybe, you know, in a couple months from now, if you come back on, you're going to say, look, I've had an epiphany. I don't yeah. I don't check my baggage anymore. I live with the shirt. I, I, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm working for this week. You know, I'm the kind of guy that rolls up my socks and, like, puts them in the, inside the shoes and those kind of things. So so I'm, I'm working it out. It, it, it's all right. I'm telling you, there's a video. you got to watch it. I think I – think, don't fold. I think you're not supposed to be folding the, the clothes. Yeah. Yeah, it's some new. It's like you you put all your clothes in a big old pile and then you fold them and it's a weird. It's a weird. I don't. Yeah, know. but I don't want to. I don't want yeah. to succumb to like peer pressure right now. <laughs> like, I need res- I I live in New York State and I used to be a school administrator here. I need evidence that this okay. is something that's actually going to work. If somebody um, is. If, if this is gonna make me, you know, career and and travel ready when I grow up, then <laughs> I am all for it. But until then, I'm gonna hold on and do yeah. it the way I want. Career and travel ready. So I actually, love it. I think your state assembly uh, is going to require you to come up with a travel uh, <laughs> arrangement. Yeah, well, that's why I got out of the principalship. I guess <laughs> New York State was bound to get me one way or another. Uh, and that that leads us. That's a great. That's a great that's lead. A good in. lead. That's a great lead-in. Um, so basically, Peter, you are now um, helping us out. You know, you, we're we're still in the trenches here, uh, and you you spent a long time, you know, in your uh, in, in your position and and accomplished a lot during that time. So why don't we we'll we'll go back to like sort of the beginning. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became connected. Well, I was I was born in 1970. I'm the youngest of five. Do you want me to go that far back, or would you like me to like push it push it up a little bit? Um, no, I was a, I was a school principal for eight years and at Post and Kill Elementary, which is in the Avril Park Central School District. It's about 10 miles east of Albany. Great school, and I know you say I accomplished a lot, but I had a really good school community, and that's why I was able to accomplish what I did. Um, my staff was awesome. The kids were awesome. I got connected. Jeez, you know, I, I, I had been teaching in a city school, and we had, you know, the four computers that were really old and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when I began my principalship, I think I, you know, got an iPad, and and I just didn't understand why. Like, at, at one point, we were getting really cold winters, and the kids could only um, go outside if it was 20 degrees or above. And what I noticed is that... The kids wanted to just kind of sneak in their handheld games, and this was way back in like 2007. Um, and the teachers' aides came to me and they're like, you know, we we need to ban this. And I thought, you know, and it was nothing against the teachers' aides. I had awesome teachers' aides, but I think the the natural adult response is to ban something if we don't always get it. And I called all the fourth and fifth graders into my auditorium and said, I'm going to allow you use the handheld games during uh during recess. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're inside, and but it comes with conditions. We need to learn how to use these properly, you know. Um, and I really tried to set us kind of the tone that I wasn't going to ban technology because I thought it was something that was very useful. But I was growing with it at the same time the kids were. You know, the kids knew more about it than I did. Um, I grew up in a time when my first computer was a Commodore VIC-20, which, you know, you guys are too young to know about. Um, <laughs> I so I think it's... <laughs> hey, looks so can be deceiving. <laughs> so I think it's speak for yourself, you know, it's just, Spike. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Uh, 
I just think it's something that um, I've I've kind of grown with, and then I realized how it was making my life easier. You know, when when I was doing the observations, I would make a cheat sheet for the Danielson observations on my iPad, and I would I would write them up while I was watching teachers, so I could make sure that I caught everything that was going on in the classroom and and gave a fair representation of that. So I just think I I found things. I got connected because it was something that made my life a little bit easier. It wasn't about being connected. It was about making sure that I maximized the time. I, I found that other administrators were, you know, spending four hours on something that I was I was spending an hour and a half on because of the because of the tools I was using. So that that's interesting. So you know now look you know looking back on it. Uh, would you, you know, prescribe to the the fact that it's it's not necessarily even about the technology; it's more about like like um, like what you said, just listening and and making decisions based on what you think is best for kids. Yeah, you know, I I think that the hard part about technology, what I'm finding is that there's just so much out there, right? Uh, you know, there's so many apps. I I wrote a blog, and Spike, you and I talked about it a few weeks ago. I I wrote a blog called Voxer. I just don't get it because people were on Voxer, and then within 48 hours, I heard from so many people and and some teachers that really gave some some awesome reasons why they use it. Uh, one that comes to mind was a teacher who uses it with a selectively mute child, and mm-hmm. that was the only way the child would communicate. And you know, two days later, I wrote Voxer. I get it now because. I needed to get a better understanding. Um, I think that's a hard part about technology because there's there's just so much out of, out there. So I try to find the tools that work best for me. I am not somebody that knows millions of different apps and has millions of different apps on my smartphone or my iPad. Um, I just find the things that that are user friendly and I think really super practical. Teresa, I um I, f- I forgot to mention this earlier, but I met Peter. Actually, it was about last uh, in in person. It was last year at the NAESP conference, mm-hmm. and um, I remember it was a Sunday morning. I think you were presenting, and everyone that I went with wasn't able to make it. Uh, but I roughed through, you know, what I'm, if you know what I mean. Saturday <laughs> night, you know. It was uh, uh, was my presentation that bad, Spike? No, 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 no. There's something I need to work on before no, Thursday morning. No, 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 no. You're really no. selling it to the people at NASP right now. To get to Thank actually. God, I was. <laughs> I'm glad. No, I was. It was rough for me to get up, is what I was trying to say. Oh. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's how no. I took it too, Peter. <laughs> oh, I figured no, I'd I let was... him dig himself out, though. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I was trying to like talk in code, but yes, it was very difficult for me to get up on that morning and that was my own issue but anyway um, so Peter did a, uh, a really cool uh, presentation on flipping staff meetings and uh, I, I was very impressed with that and actually although like you say you don't have like a ton of apps that you say you know like here's a thousand different apps but being a part of your presentation uh, as a principal who's trying to be, you know, connected and you know, do things differently, you gave very sound and like specific things to try that were very easy and that you could turn around the next day and try it and it worked. Yeah, that's what I that's what I try to do. I always say that I uh, I abide by the Todd Whitaker school of thought. Um, you know, Todd was a huge inspiration for me when I started as a principal and. I like super practical information that's going to work for school principals. I don't like when there's so much guesswork in it, and uh, I like when people can 
tell me about something, tell me how it's going to work and why it's going to benefit me. And I, I guess that's one of the reasons why I like blogging so much is that I can give information today that you can use tomorrow, and that's what I always shoot to do. Um, and that's what I try to do in presentations too because, you know, people are busy, especially these days. We have so much accountability and mandates and all that noise that's going on. Um, I want to give people some positive things that they can use tomorrow. Uh, and I think that that's really important, and that's something that I always got from Todd. Yeah, Todd. Todd is great. We we um, we had him on the show earlier this year, and yeah, we we're big big fans of his. Um, he was good. He had us laughing, and you're doing a great job of making us oh, laugh too. Okay. Even though you thought my presentation stunk and it was really hard. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you rewind um, that back, you could hear my pleas of. We it can was find it. We can, we can it was. Hey, if this is the way you treat your guests, Mike, I'll just I'll make sure that you sell this program. Peter's gonna get the word out. Yeah. Wait for my next blog, Spike. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I'm telling you what, Peter, though I I did read your um your the second part to your Voxer blog, uh the post, the one that you get it now because I I'm a huge Voxer fan and I I try to get as many people as possible on it, um to you know just to collaborate. I feel like. It's just, it's such a great tool, but but there were ideas that you had shared in that post that I would not have ever thought about, and they were wonderful. So if you haven't, if, if you're listening and you haven't read that post, you really should. Whether or not you use Boxer, you really should check it out because there are so many great ideas in there, and it's definitely worth the read. And it's a very quick read. It's very easy. Um and it was, but so much good information in it. So thank you for writing thank you. that. Uh, thank you. I, you know, I was, I was really amazed because, I, you know, I knew when I posted the first one about how I didn't get it, I was probably going to get some sort of, um, you know, reaction from my connected educator friend saying, ah, you have to give it a chance. But I never, ever expected to get the kind of feedback that I did from teachers and school administrators and stuff. So it was, it was really amazing. In yeah, my... it was it was really really a good post. Sorry, my daughter's standing right here. I'm trying to get her to go. That's <laughs> okay. And my my point when I I just kind of make a made a tongue in cheek joke on your I think maybe it was your Facebook page where I said that's where like all the cool kids are going because we actually use we've been using Voxer like since I think like we started this podcast. Yeah. It was just a it was a better way for us to communicate. Um, with the four of us, with Jessica, and then also with um, with Jeff on different ideas for the show and things like that. I thought it was ve- I thought it was very cool, but I have noticed that it's gotten a lot. You know, it gets it gets a lot of attention now, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I guess all the cool kids are on Voxer. So that was my point because that's yeah, the other was, thing, you know, where it was just uh, crazy. You know, I I think what happened was. It was daunting when you wake up and there are 168 messages waiting for you from your PLN, and I'm like, oh my, how am I gonna ever get through this? And what if I miss something? Yeah. But it's, you know, to me, I guess after I reflected on it, it was no different than um, what happened when I first joined Twitter, uh, because, you know, part of my agreement with Edweek is that we should be doing social networking. Uh, so I joined Twitter in July of 2011, I think. Uh, when I started writing for Ed Week, and I just didn't get it. You know, I kept thinking it was for celebrities who were going to tweet out where they were eating dinner. Um, and it wasn't until about September that I just happened on a Saturday afternoon to come along uh, elementary chat, which is on, was on a Saturday afternoon. And 
it was the best hour that I had spent doing professional development in the longest time and I literally walked away and wrote the blog um, why educators should join Twitter within about 15 minutes I wrote it and it literally was tweeted thousands of times which was really cool and you know my partner made jokes because he was like oh let me get this straight you wrote a blog about Twitter and you're surprised that it got tweeted out but I think the reality was that I was just so surprised by the overall um, feedback that I received and what it connect, how I connected with people, and that's where I started to really get the power of connected education. Um, and you know, Spike, you, you talked to me a little bit earlier. I I've often told the story that my brother Jody lived in Saudi Arabia for 15 years, and uh, you know, I grew up in a lower middle class family. My dad died when I was young, so it was just my mom and me left in the house, and it was four bucks a minute to talk to him on the phone and you couldn't always get a clear line in and and it was really hard and over the years um, you know technology changed where we were able to get a phone card so it was like a dollar a minute and then you know you have Facebook come along and you're able to keep up with him and see where he is and and then we could Skype with him so my mom could you know I taught her how to do Skype and she got on Skype with him and she could see his face and it was really funny because she just the first time he came up on the screen she started waving to him because she just couldn't believe she could see him That's and funny. and you know after that like he moved to Cairo um, uh, whenever the civil unrest was he moved there about I don't know a couple six months before and the civil unrest broke out and uh, we didn't know if he was safe but I woke up one morning and he had checked in to a hotel in uh, Rome. He was actually in Rome. And within a 15 minute span, my mom, who is on Facebook, she's a Facebook stalker. She knows what everybody's doing every time, everywhere. She knew her son was safe and she knew that he was in Italy. And I thought, you know, of all the people who, for people who don't understand the power of social networking, my mom's 80 years old and she was able to go on and she's going to kill me for saying her age, but hopefully she won't stalk me here. Um, but she went on and she knew where he was and like she knew he was safe and and that's just awesome to me. Like that's yeah. the that's the stuff that you you think about and and you can't be against social networking when you've got those kind of stories that happen. Yeah, it you know what it's such a huge and and in the last I mean I had a lot of friends and family that were in uh, the armed forces right after 2000 uh, right after September 11th and this was not all here. The infrastructure for that was right. just not set up for them at that point. And so, you know, you'd be waiting, you know, you'd get a phone call at four o'clock in the morning. And mm -hmm. if you didn't answer it, it was unfortunate. Or if, mm -hmm. you know, they, they cut through the phone line and then your call got dropped, you didn't know until the next time you talked to them why it was dropped. Was there, you know, a bomb? Was there, right. uh, did they just need the phone? Was that, you know, what was the deal? But, but then, you know, as this all progressed in Skype and Facebook and, and their ability to be able to connect on all of these different Twitter and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it, it, it was so huge. You know, it's so huge and it's so great for people, you know, like you're talking and people, especially military families who, who, just don't know. It's it's a huge peace of mind for them mm -hmm. to be able to know that their loved ones are safe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when you look back um, on your your time as a principal, um, what would you say is like the most enjoyable part? Like maybe what you miss the most? 
No, by by far the kids. Um, I was there for the moving up ceremony because I took a leave in December uh, to start training with with visible learning, um, and I've gone back a, a few times, but. I was invited to the moving up ceremony for our fifth graders because they wanted to make sure I was going to be there. And it was just great to see them and see the parents and, and the staff. Um, I definitely miss them. You know, I was the kind of principal that I took the kids off the bus every morning. I walked around to say good morning every morning. And uh, then I looped back through to go into each class. And it was a very, very special community. And I was very fortunate to be there for eight years. Um, I absolutely loved it. I'm going to look back on my life and think it's one of the greatest things that I was a part of. There is no doubt in my mind for that. Uh, but I definitely miss the kids. You know, Facebook is really great because I've connected with parents and and I get to see them from time to time. Um, and they know that, you know, at the beginning people said, "Oh, you're going where the grass is greener," and I said, "No, I'm not going where the grass is greener. It's just it's just different grass uh, where I'm going because there is no greener grass than where I was in Post and Kill. It was just a different opportunity for me to work with um, some really great people. So I guess that's my long-winded answer to be able to say I absolutely miss the kids. And then what what would you say that you miss the least? <laughs> Uh, what do I miss the least? Um, I'm probably going to get some grief for this, but I miss the least the Common Core State modules um, <laughs> from New York State. Hey, I'm I'm not a principal anymore, so that's fine. But uh, I don't miss I don't miss the pol I feel like our educational system is on a political cycle and not on a ped pedagogical one. Um, and I feel like we spent so much time on the the political noise about education. And, you know, in New York State, it was very hard because there were teachers who were very much looking forward to the Common Core. Uh, they thought that the standards were going to be good. They liked the idea that kids could come from different districts or different states. And, and there was a set of, you know, set of standards. But in New York State, they took their time to align it to assessments before they ever gave schools the resources. Um, and then they backloaded all that information. And I will never stop being vocal about that because I think it was by far the worst implementation I have ever seen. Um, and I think it was a horrible job on the part of the New York State Education Department. And I do not miss that whatsoever. And I feel very badly for for the the teachers and the school administrators and, and mostly the kids who have to put up with that because that implementation was really not about uh, benefiting kids, it, it was something entirely different. So how's that for uh... <laughs> <laughs> what you missed the least? Well, well, you know... done. well, I mean, well put. It 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 makes a ton of sense, a ton of yeah. sense. And I think um, you know, like Teresa just finished up her first year. I finished up my third year, so we're still you know really new to this and. Right. You know, I think you know we both agree on this. I mean, Teresa has a little bit of a different perspective, and and I love it because she, you know, she's um, a principal of a um, a Catholic school, so there are a lot of you know state things that she doesn't have to do. I mean, she we definitely keep up and talk about the different things that are going on, but uh, and so there's a lot of freedom in there, um, but there's still things that. Are frustrating about you know the, the sort of the day-to-day -day things. Like you said, I think the kid you know the kids ma make it you know all the better. The kids, the teachers, the parents. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, my thing where that's concerned is I'm all about making making our our school system stronger. I, I'm a kid that barely graduated from high school, uh, and I was retained in elementary school. So, so there's no doubt that I look at things that could be done differently with kids. Um, it just doesn't seem like, and and you know, I'm a little sad because it just seems like both sides are not listening to one another. They're they're talking at each other. And then there are a bunch of us who are in the middle trying to figure out how to make it work and trying to say, you know, this this part doesn't work. Can we redo it? And there's just none of that. It's like digging in your heels all over the place. And that's not healthy either. I guess that's why I call my blog Finding Common Ground because I'm always looking at – I'm the middleman trying to figure out how to – I dissect things. It's just what I do. Um, and I want to see how I can make them work before I throw them out entirely too. And now, I guess before we get on to what you're you're currently doing, because um, I think this might be interesting to us as well, because we're you know we're you know we're doing a podcast, a weekly podcast. Uh, you know, we blog. We, we try to do a bunch of different things. We try to stay connected. You know, and ultimately there are some times where you have to make some tough decisions. Mm -hmm. where you have to write something that's a little bit you know, I don't know, more difficult than something else. Um, and during your tenure as a as a principal, you took on a lot of challenges, and you took you pushed a lot of envelopes. Um, how did that impact you, like in the day to day buildings? And for those of you who are unaware, Peters had <laughs> many uh, very famous blog posts against uh, or questioning different things that were going on in New York State, and you know some really good reading if uh, if you get a chance. Um. You know, it's funny. I never looked at myself as somebody who needed to speak out about things. I was one of those good little soldiers who, you know, I was all about compliance. I, hey, I color coordinate and coordinate my closet. So, you know, I'm not like a, I'm not used to being an outlier. But I think what happened is I, I taught in some city schools and I, I got, I became a big fan of rethinking schools and, and Jonathan Kozel. Um, and then over time, I found that I had this this outlet to have a voice. You know, for me, it really started because I did my doctoral work in um, in seeing if if school administrators were safeguarding LGBT students, and the bottom line was that they were not. And I didn't think that that was fair. Um, there are a lot of marginalized populations that uh, are left out of the equation. They don't have a place at the table, and I think that's crap. Um, I don't think that that should be allowed to happen. So. After I finished my doctoral work, that was the first book Corwin published with me, and I was really proud of that um, because Corwin had never published a book on LGBT issues. So that was probably my first area where I became outspoken. You know, after that, it was, I, I and to be honest, I was a fan of the state education department. Um, a, a mentor of mine used to be high up at the state education department years ago, so. I had respect for them. Uh, and then after I interviewed John King for Vanguard magazine in April of 2013, um, I just noticed that things were going to change in a vastly different way. And uh, there were a couple of times where they actually, or one time in general, where they called me at my office to get me to change my blog. And uh, that was when things really changed for me because I realized that wait a second, are you so afraid of what I'm saying that you're actually calling me at school where I don't actually write the blog? Um, you know, and some of that was must have been, I, they never said it was hard. I always had a lot of support from my school superintendent. Um, they never said it was hard, but I imagine for a school district it was probably pretty difficult when 
when they would go to district meetings and hear my name came up, come up as a rabble-rouser, which is not what I was trying to do. I was just trying to kind of point out what things I thought were very unfair. I think I'm a, I don't think I'm, you know, I don't think I'm an outlier. I, I think I'm a, a guy that's pretty much finds himself in the middle a lot, and uh, and I just saw some things that I thought were were highly, they just didn't make sense to me. Um, so, you know, with those, yeah, there were times that I would wake up in the morning and be really angry about, or or spend my day at school and, and be really angry about some of the conversations I had to have about initiatives that were coming in that just didn't make sense to me. And I was a teacher for 11 years. I, I was a graduate adjunct for four years. Um, it's not like I don't know how to teach. Uh, and and I, I feel like I can look at what needs to be thrown out and what doesn't. So, um and that's where I was always coming from with my blogs, and that's where I'll continue to come from uh, when I write those from time to time. You know, right now I'm, I'm really just focusing on trying to figure out the best ways to learn and best ways to lead. But there are times that there are certain things that bother me, and, and I'm going to make sure that I write about it. Peter, we've got some uh, some comments from the chat room that I want to share um, with you, and I don't know if any of these will start. Um, you know, so, but I wanted, I thought that these were good ones that you would want to hear. Um, Christina Lucci, I think that's how you say your name, L-U-C-E, uh, says she's pretty confident in saying that your school community misses you tremendously. We are extremely proud of the work that you're doing. Uh, Vicki Day said that 70% of their 3 to 8 population failed, and she's also in New York. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, she is. Yeah, she said, uh, don't follow what New York did, learn from her mistakes. <laughs> um, Peggy George says, I want to support the standards, but I can't support the assessments. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, Christina again said, Peter's a courageous leader standing and applauding right now. His post helped me find my voice. He let me know I wasn't alone. Wow. Chris, so. Chris, Christina's great. She's a part of my PLN. Uh, we met through Twitter, and that's why I think social networking is so so powerful as well. I love Christina, and, and Vicky is part of my PLN as well. Um, there are those are two great people that I, I love to talk with. We have, we've actually organized an ed camp uh, in September in upstate New York uh, that we're going to have, and it's the the first one for upstate New York. So um, I thank them for their comments, but honestly, there you you can get a lot of strength from your PLN too. Sure, absolutely. Really cool. They're clearly finding um, finding quite a lot of strength with you. Vicky said. Uh, you've been supporting them in New York State and helps us with our voice. I have to agree with my friend Christina. He still cheerleads us and holds our hands through this process. A great mentor for me and for all of us. So obviously Thank you're you. still uh, still making a huge difference with uh, with them, even even if you aren't still in the uh, you know in the principal role. Thanks. That's fantastic. That is awesome. Yeah, and and I think you know what what you've done for for all of us too, Peter. To be honest with you, is you've you've given us a, a, a you've given us a voice too. You know, like many times you um, highlight the things that we're all doing out here. You know, in your Ed Week, you know, post, and you allow guest bloggers to to come on and have their voice, and you know, that's all really powerful stuff. That that's that I think that really helps us all out. I just think the principalship is awesome. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I just, uh, you know, it was it was not a position that I ever thought I would have as a teacher. I never wanted to be a principal, but I was very fortunate to be where I was, and I learned a lot from my community. And I just think it's such an awesome. You just 
there's a lot of power, and I don't mean the the power that you're the building administrator. I mean the power of, from the relationships that you can create with kids and and parents and and faculty. Um, so that's really important, you know. And and Spike, you you talked a little bit about my guest blogs. Um, I just find a lot of strength in the guest blogs because I need. You know, I think it's George Kuros who said that uh, the smartest person in the room is the room, and that's how I feel even where my blog is concerned. Um, I don't, I don't particularly need to post my blogs three times a week. Um, I, I like to hear from other people, even those people that disagree with me from time to time, uh, and that's been the strength of the guest blogs over the past. I don't know. I think I've been doing them for probably about a year or so. So as you transitioned, and it hasn't been that long, uh, you know, you've you've been getting into um, a lot of really cool things that that people are interested in. So um, I guess you want to talk first about the uh, the being a visible learning uh, trainer and 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 what sure. that entails. Sure. Um, you know, last year I went out to Thousand Oaks, California, where Corwin is is um, housed, and they had asked me if I would be interested in being a visible learning trainer with John Hattie and I knew a little bit about John's work so I ended up taking a leave of absence and uh, I trained in December and January out in Thousand Oaks uh, with some visible learning trainers from from New Zealand uh, who started the whole thing with John. Uh, Deb Masters was one of them uh, and she's just I love Deb uh, and, and Kate and Jane Ann they were three people that I trained with and I learned a great deal uh, about the work but I also took time to read Visible Learning, Visible Learning for Teachers, and then John just published The Science of How We Learn. Um, I'm lucky because, you know, I ended up getting asked to go to New Zealand in March, so I uh, I, I met John in person there and went to the, the Festival of Education. They introduced me to the Minister of Education for New Zealand, and I spent some time visiting Visible Learning schools, um, and I spent some quality time with that Masters as well, and that was just an awesome experience. So. Uh, after that, I really connected more with John. Um, we we presented with Deb Masters. The three of us presented to the Council of Chief State School Officials in April in Texas, and then I was able to go to London, Denmark, and Sweden with John and Deb. After that, so I've learned kind of the ins and outs of where his research came from, um, what he was hoping to do with, and then we've you know done lots of trainings all over the world, and Corwin's been doing a lot of trainings in the United States, uh, so so I've been able to uh, just spend more and more time getting to know the, know his work, which I value very much, and John is a fantastic guy. He did the largest meta-analysis ever done in education, and uh, you know, over time I think some people misinterpreted his work, so that's why he wrote the Visible Learning for Teachers, so he could kind of um, he could kind of better explain what it was and his whole thing was yep numbers matter but don't get caught up in the numbers because what matters more is the story behind those numbers and the conversations and dialogue we have uh, he's a huge fan of teachers he's a big fan of student voice um, and he is the one who constantly asked me to to focus on dialogue and not on monologue which is really important and not get caught up in the politics of distraction so so that, in a nutshell, is John's work. Uh, if you don't know a lot about it, you can, you know, look at his name and find the common ground. I've written about his work a lot on my blog. Um, and then visible learning is actually owned. Uh, that the professional development piece is actually owned by uh, Cognition Education, which is based in New Zealand. So I do a lot of work with them as well. Yeah, I just tweeted that out. Uh, the link to the visible learning. So 
That's interesting. So is it um, like for schools and, and principals, if they were interested in this, uh, how could they – I don't know, how could they get involved or how could they maybe even get you out or your team out to their district yeah. or how's oh, that? Oh, yeah, that would, that would be fantastic. They could they could email me directly, uh, pmdewitt518 at gmail.com. They could, they could contact Corwin Press. They've got a link to it on Corwin Press. Um, yeah, there are lots of different ways. What I like the most, and, and we just did four days in a school district, one of the largest school districts in the country, and uh, – and I'm not lying when I say this, it was really crazy, but on the second day, we actually, there were 190 out of 210 schools represented, and on the second day, we actually had people trying to sneak into the professional development session, um, and how often do you have people trying to sneak in to professional development and not out of it? So, uh, and that's not a lie, it was just, it was crazy how... I mean, I think the school district did everything right by the people that they had coming. It was teachers and school leaders, but I think it was also the synergy of the moment and the, the work that John has, and it just it worked so well that it would be great to see more and more schools pick it up. It's definitely, definitely being picked up um, around the country, but it's, it's hugely being picked up around the world. They're doing work in so many different places. I just... You know, I Skype a lot with Kate, who is based in New Zealand, and she was just doing work in uh, on sacred Aboriginal land in nor the Northern Territory of Australia. Um, so it's just it's the kind of work that can be done in any. You you can't say that's not right for my school because my students are like this, um, because it's basically being implemented in so many different types of schools that it's it's just some of the most amazing work I've been a part of. Do you hear that, or is that just me? <laughs> and that's not a trick question either. Never mind. Oh, you, did you it? hear like the in the Google invite? The Google invite. Okay, maybe that was just on my end. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't it's know. It's okay. Somehow, it's okay. We're okay. All right. Sometimes um, those voices just come out in your head. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Um, you have a big project coming up this uh, this fall, the uh, Corwin's Connected Educator Series. So uh, I know a lot of people are excited about that. So could you talk a little bit about what, what's going on uh, w with that project? Yeah, I've heard I've heard something about it. Um, uh, you know, it's it actually happened out of a, a conversation when I was in Thousand Oaks in August. I sat next to the president of Corwin at dinner, uh, Mike Soleil. And I talked to him about the idea of doing some short-form books around connected education. And uh, walked away, and a couple of weeks later, my, my editor, uh, senior editor, Arnis Bervikovs from Corwin, called me and said Mike was really interested in a connected educator. We didn't call it that at the time, but, you know, these books around connected education. So I came up with six ideas, and I reached out to six people, Spike being one of them. Um, reached Big out to six people. There. Not at all. Six <laughs> people that I knew because I had read their blogs and I was friendly with them through tw Twitter. And Spike, I'll never forget when I met you last year at NASP. We were standing in the bookstore and you yes. looked over at my book and you actually said, Is it weird to know that your book is being sold? And I'm like, Not really. I mean, it's kind of cool. 
And you had said that you'd love to write a book someday. And that's exactly why I reached out to you because I had read your blog and I remembered that conversation and I thought, you know what, this guy's got a really great voice. And I was able to do that with six people. Um, and then over time it turned out to be nine, nine ideas, 11 authors. And I was actually able to, um, you know, we, as Spike knows, we went over the table of contents together and make sure they overlap just a little bit to make sure that there was a connection. Um, and then, you know, the Connected Educator series came out of that. So the first wave starts in August, um, and there are going to be nine books. Uh, one is from Pernille Rip, or Pernille Rip, sorry, I always say her name wrong. Uh, Brad Curry, Spike, Tony Saninas, and Joe Sanfilippo, myself, and then to Tom Whitby and Steve Anderson wrote one. Uh, Mark Barnes, Rafranz Davis, and then Kristen Swanson from the EdCamp Foundation. So uh, that's going to be the first wave. Uh, Ariel Price, who is the associate editor, she, Arnie, and I have been working together in this, uh, you know, since last year. Um, Ariel and I have put together uh, more ideas, and there's going to be a second wave in January, February. And then we're talking about the idea of doing a third wave in the middle or end of next year um, because Corwin's really interested in that. So I have to admit, the when we talk about the synergy of the group, this group, uh, at least the first 11 of us that came together, we've done, you know, Spike and, and you know, we've done conference calls and Google Hangouts and Twitter chats and those kind of things. And it's just such an awesome group of people talking about things that... Um, I, and it's not, I want to be careful when I say this, it's a series that is going to be beneficial for connected educators, but it's going to be doubly beneficial for people who are not connected yet. Um, because the idea is to let them, uh, help them understand what it's like and to be connected and why it's so important, but also helping them take a drink from the, the fire hydrant of connected education, because sometimes that can be very overwhelming for people. Uh, and Spike, I think you said it before, I try to give as much practical information as possible, and that's what these books are. They're 50 to 60 pages, um, and they're in the spirit of read them today and put them into practice tomorrow. So I am highly, highly excited. I never in a million years, even a year ago, would I have thought that I would be a, a series editor for Corwin Press, um, and that's... I, you know, I'm I'm so thankful to Arnie and Ariel and Mike Soleil and Lisa Shaw, everybody at Corwin, because they, along with Kristen Anderson, who's the head of professional development, have become a family for me. So wherever I am in the country, I meet up with them, and and that is just so awesome. Yeah, there everyone is really excited. I've seen a lot of um, a lot of activity, you know, out there on the series. There's a lot of people that are have been bought, you know, pre-ordering. Uh, the series, and I think, um, you know, and, and like what you try to do, I try to model that too, you know, by getting this opportunity and then working with, you know, like Teresa, um, you know, Ben Gilpin, um, Amber uh, Tiemann, and um, Tad Haynes, and a couple other educators that were really helpful to, you know, kind of tell their part of the story and make it real practical, you know, make it, you know, here, here's the concept and then here's, you know, here's how it's working. Um, yeah, so th those are, I I'm excited. And I got a chance to read a couple of them, you know, just when we were in the editing phase and they all look really good. Brad Curry's and yeah. uh, Tony and, and Jan, uh, Joe Sanfilippo. Yeah. Good. Oh, 
hilarious guys um, that are just as funny in person as they are in the book. Uh, you know, it's just, for me, it's, I want people to not always ban, you know, technology and look at the dark side of being connected. I want them to see the benefits like this. I mean, honestly, who would have thought, Spike, a year ago that we would be, that we would be doing this uh, a year later? It's, um, you can really br build strong, authentic connections. And, you know, I think building principles, even if they're in a big district or a small district, they sometimes feel like they might have the only voice uh, and they feel very much like they're in a silo. And when you can, when you see the benefits of connected education, um, and, and hopefully you would be able to see it in these books that are going to be coming out, you'll, you realize that you can connect with people and no longer be a silo because we, we can't do that anymore. No, and what we, you know, what we need to do is continue to, you know, support everyone and, you know, to, and I love that, you know, to tell your story, you know, because everybody yep. has a, has an awesome story. Yes, they do. So, um, Teresa was looking in the um, chat room and has a really cool thing that she wanted to tell you. Tim, uh, Tim Dawkins, Tim, Tim Dawkins, do you know who he is, Peter? Uh, Tim Dawkins. I don't know if I've ever heard of him before. <laughs> he is. He just jumped in the chat room not too oh, long sure ago, and said, <laughs> wanted us to let you know that, uh, or wanted to let us know, I guess, that Peter is an awesome international ambassador for all that is good about being an educator in the United States, bad packing and all. Uh, that, that, that Tim actually was. Uh, he was an assistant principal at Queensbury High School, where I, my high school alma mater. Um, and he just be got the job as the middle school principal in uh, South Glens Falls. Uh, so he is going to be a new, full-fledged middle school principal. So I'm proud of Tim because Tim, despite his sarcasm, is a really good guy. Well, bad packing and all, you never know. Yeah, you know. I'm telling you, somebody has to find that video. I'm going to send it to you, It's Peter. Craig Yen found it. He did. Of course <laughs> Craig found it. Yeah, of That's course awesome. Craig found it. And he posted it, you know, at the beginning, at the very beginning of the conversation. Oh, he I'll did. Find... Oh, right. he did. We were still talking about it, and he had posted it. So let me Craig. see. If Craig I can... uh, one of the most dedicated, uh, connected educators that, that I know. Uh, Peter, There's I've never no seen somebody who's oh able God. to participate in the chats that he does and supports all the, the teacher cast shows, and uh, he's, he's an awesome guy. Yeah, yeah but is. when I came out, he busted out of here. So he busted out. He's very elusive. He's elusive. He must have, he must have he heard elusive. Spike talking about my presentation from an AESP last year. Yeah. Right? He was like, dude, he's like, he's like, it's only 2.30 in the afternoon for him. He's like, yeah, he's, he's tired now. Gets done. Like, I've noticed, no, we've, like we've watched the sunset, you know, in your your back, your, your oh. backyard there. Uh, which we normally do for us East Coasters. Normally and, it's already uh, dark. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. We usually we don't start, start until 930. Um, it's like us and the vampires start right. at the same time. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like my, this is infringing on my bedtime. That's how much I, I like Spike. Uh, uh, I'm usually in bed by 9 o'clock on a Sunday night because I'm just that exciting. What a guy. Well, we'll we'll get you to bed. We'll get you to bed soon. Although there is a weird thing that happens, I will say. Um, okay. Teresa and I suffer from it weekly, but we we'll also start hearing it from guests too. It's you, you get so wired after doing the show, then you won't be able oh, to nice. sleep. 
Yeah, well, it's fantastic. I know of one tried. <laughs> we can I box know of each one other. Tried and true, uh, one tried and true method that I'll try. <laughs> share, share. Comes in a glass, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> a big glass. A big glass, yeah. Big glass. I'm trying to find the link. I know Craig posted it. Craig, I know you're listening. If you can, um, <laughs> if you can find that. Find that link again. He's already also in case in case you didn't know if you're not in the chat room, um, Craig has also found the links to I think every book that you've talked about. Oh wow! <laughs> While you were having this conversation and posted it in the chat room for Neil oh, Rip, and then he posted. That, it's crazy, dude. Morning. Yeah, and then he posted the blog posts that lead up to some of these books. And, <laughs> yes. I mean, he's been crazy and not only in the chat room but then also on twitter, and on twitter right yeah oh my right. gosh it, yeah he's he's fantastic you have uh, to so get craig, him in your pln yeah you really do he's amazing craig thank so, you he's in my pln actually craig okay. and i just oh, last week so yeah so craig while you're while you're i know you're listening so if you can resend out that folding clothes video for traveling <laughs> that would be amazing so we can show it to uh to peter for his couple trips this week I'm telling yeah. you, this is going to be a blog post on his, oh, uh, you know, Ed Week, how uh -huh. he transformed his his uh, packing due to um, <laughs> participation of the principal cast. Absolutely. Make sure, to, uh, make sure to tag Craig in that, in that <laughs> so he can tweet it out everywhere. I God. love these, like, like, life hack things. I'm finding so much out there. Like, I never even knew how to eat an apple until I watched this one video. I know. Can like you believe crazy. that we made it this long with doing it wrong? <laughs> I didn't know how to peel banana. I know. Oh, I've heard you about learned that. learned how, how to peel potatoes with a with a cordless drill bit <laughs> and a bucket of water. Are you serious? <laughs> I swear. And it only takes like a minute for a whole bag of potatoes. Who knew? My wow. son found one. This I is know. really this is really cool. You take like little pieces of pasta, right? You put them in your mouth. And then you go up to somebody, you hold your nose, and you crack them back and oh. forth. He found this on one of these like life hack type things. Why would and you do at that? first, it makes you really, it makes you want to vomit because I'm thinking <laughs> he just broke his nose. And then he's laughing. He's got all this like dried up pasta in his mouth, but it's really fun. You got to try it. Thanks oh. for the best. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I've never even met him, but he's one of my heroes. He's so I love the pictures. I love the pictures on Facebook. I know. Yeah. I love that kid. <laughs> oh my gosh. All yeah. right. So Peter, the last thing that we do with our guests every week, um, the second to last thing, because we also have our principles to follow. But um we, we have this little game and it's called word association. Okay. <laughs> so um I don't know if I didn't give Jeff the heads up that word association was coming, so I'll give him a minute or two to get the buffer ready. But um, so we play this word association with our guests, and it seems as though um, everyone plays it differently. Uh, really, only the, the 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 principals that we have on the show from Wisconsin have a pretty difficult time playing this game because they don't think they oh, understand yeah. the rules. Um, so we're going to tell them to you anyway. Uh, we're going to give you a word. Oh, go ahead. Hold on. I, this just in. Can you just give me two seconds? We, we've never done this before. Come here. Oh, yeah. Come here. <laughs> Talk into the microphone. Oh. Say hello. Oh, there we are. All right. Now, go ahead. Do it. 
All right, scram. Well done, sir. Oh, my. <laughs> they must have heard me talking. Then he came down, and he was holding his nose, and I'm like, oh, he's got it. Oh, that's horrible. And Catherine just wanted to be, just to be a superstar. Yeah, she just wanted to. Yeah, she needs to be a superstar. Okay, so, I'm so sorry. I had to do that. No, All right, back to no, word association. Awesome. So back to word association. So um, we're going to give you a word or a short phrase, but you only get to describe it in one word, not a sound, not um, a... N not, a, not sentence, a sentence, not a paragraph, one word. And they're clean words, right? So. Preferably, but not necessary. Um, some of these you may not you may not want to use clean words. But um, so we'll give you the word. You respond back, and uh, and it'll be wonderful. Je oh, Jeff. Says, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I oh, see that. He's not. Yeah, he's yeah, not. The a, producer. The five delay. <laughs> iTunes and YouTube are listening. Drag. I would, I would governor. only use clean words, I promise. Yeah. That was a joke, Jeff. <laughs> so, he's, he's, um, <laughs> smiley face. So, a sense of humor there. That's right. He's on the <laughs> delay. He's on the delay that's button right. right now. So, um, so we'll give you a word. You, you can use a hyphen if it's necessary, but you can't <laughs> just hyphenate random words. Okay? And oh. I feel like, we, you know, it takes us longer to give the rules than it, it does actually it, play the game. And it's fascinating, though, Peter, because Joe Sanfilippo's fault, by the way. Say oh, that again. I'm sorry. have to give all these rules because yeah. you can't the direction. Now, you didn't have Tony Sininas on here, did you? Not, Not yet. yet. Oh, it was Jesse, but who was the other one? You will never, ever yeah. be able to give one word. Yeah. Um, it's just not going to happen. Much what we're into. Every person from Wisconsin. Okay. All right, I'm, game's on then. All right, right, you ready? Okay, here we go. Okay, I think we have like, I don't know, I, I really stink at estimating, but I'm going to guess there's like 10 words here. Okay. I could just count them, but you know that's a round route. So the okay. first one is travel. <laughs> um. Do I mean only the whole universe is gonna hear nope. this? Tips. Tips. Oh. Tips. Because you gave travel tips before, so Look there you at go. You. He's gotta mm. explain it. <laughs> yeah, hey. he's already violated you. <laughs> You he's said going, I could use one word. You didn't say I didn't have to explain it. He's going down the Wisconsin oh, path. Okay. I can see it already, right. Teresa. Please but we'll continue on. All right. Uh, packing for trips. <laughs> Confusing. <laughs> Only after today, huh? <laughs> so uh, the next one is Twitter. Connections. Uh, Spike, go ahead. Recess. Every day. <laughs> that is one word, right? It is one word. <laughs> At some point, it's the one way word. he enunciated it, though. Yes, you need to have it every <laughs> day. I'm sick of He's these principles that take recess away. Don't yeah, take away recess. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't if you want your if you want your teachers to hate you take recess. <laughs> Wait, I got a follow up for that one, Mr. Doctor Dewitt here. You ready? I don't even know what it is. He's okay. writing it in right now. Recess duty. <laughs> Not so quick on that one. <laughs> He's trying to think of a clean word. <laughs> I always did recess duty, so I was okay with that. Um, let's see. Fun. Fun. Mm. 
to watch okay. kids play and interact, fun. All right. How about dream? Big. Technology. Vast. Spike, I'm going to let you give this one because I don't understand it. I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't write well, that one, did I? Great. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Wow, I feel really good about this one. Let's. Well, I don't know where I maybe. <laughs> I thought you wrote it. That's you're right. It was from Twitter. I think this is a Craig Yun. Um, okay. Ball. Say that again. Ball. B a l l. Recess. <laughs> I guess we put it in the right spot. Yeah. Um, Voxer. Um, <laughs> conversation. Okay. Common core. <laughs> clean, clean. Confusing. It's good. He was enunciating. I think we asked that to Eric Scheninger and he went, Bleh. Yeah, that was, yeah. Eric Scheninger was the reason that we had to take out sounds from the description. <laughs> Because yeah, he answered he would... them all in grunts and <laughs> grunts. And... Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> all right. Uh, Arnie Duncan. <laughs> Tall. <laughs> Corwin. <laughs> oh. oh, let's see, Corwin. I, I, how can I? Family. Okay, uh, John Hattie. Mm. One word for John Hattie, you're killing me. <laughs> We've stumped you. Uh, geez, I, I, I don't, I don't know. The the only word that comes to mind for me is just great. I, uh, you know, love him. Great. I'm an elementary guy. I don't know any big words. So if you're say, looking for word association with like big words and stuff, yeah. just wasn't happening here. Yeah, it's not so a this is really okay. hard to do with one word. Yeah, uh, he's gonna yeah. hear this and he's gonna say, "So I'm, I'm, I'm great." Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! Craig Yen said that ball was from ISTE. Uh, Kevin Carroll's speech. I wasn't at ISTE. Oh, uh, he said that you were supposed to say red. My my nephew uh, graduated from high school, so I was there. Yeah. There you yeah. go. That makes more sense. And the last one, um, which I think you're going to need to because it's a name, likely. Um, who, uh, your biggest influence on Twitter? My biggest influence on Twitter. Jeez. You know, I have to admit, Eric Scheninger. Um, Eric and I have become good friends over the past couple of years, and uh, can I give a couple of names? Tom Whitby? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> They're Tom... all hyphenated, though, right? Yeah, it's okay. one long... Wait, 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 wait. There we go. One uh -huh. long hyphenated name. Peniel, Rip, Brad, Curry, Spike, Cook, Tony, Sininas, Joseph, Felipe, John Whitby, Steve Anderson, Mark Barnes, Rafranz Davis, and Kristen Swanson. It's one like really long hyphenated name. All right, so Teresa, well, this is now it. the New York hyphen that we're gonna go <laughs> with. Right. Uh, who did we have that was answering in uh, hashtags? Oh, there was somebody oh. answering in hashtags. Oh, no, no, no. That was no. When I when I was on um, 
when I was on the podcast with um, Chris Nessie. Uh, Chris Nessie, I was I was giving answers and he was responding to my answers with hashtags. <laughs> okay, it must have been really early in the morning, or he was on the West Coast and it wasn't past his bedtime. No, it was like noon, and we're both on the East Coast, so yeah. But it was fun. That was a fun one. All right, so we go this next um, and last segment that we do on um, on Principal Cast is principles to follow. And every mm -hmm. week we or oh, educators to follow. Sorry, every week we choose an educator. It's usually principal. It doesn't have to be to follow on Twitter, and then we share it with everybody. So I'm gonna go first because um, okay. I don't usually, but Spike always. Spike always takes the guests, so I'm doing it this week. Um, my person to follow is Mr. Peter DeWitt, um, who we've been speaking with today. His uh, Twitter handle is at Peter M. DeWitt, D-E-W-I-T-T. -T. And uh, check out his blog at PeterMDeWitt.com and his Edweek blog titled Finding Common Ground. So we will be sure to tweet those out right now. Thank you. My educator follow is an aspiring administrator. Uh, just connected with him. His name is Jared Phillips. Um, he is at J A Phillips 0722, and uh, he's got a really cool blog. I'd just like to everyone to follow him. Um, like I said, aspiring administrator and has listened to a couple of the, the principal casts and we started connecting with each other. So uh, seems like a really good guy. Yeah, he is. I've worked a lot with him too. He's awesome. Cool. Okay, and I'm totally going to break the rules because it's my first, come on, it's my first time <laughs> on here. And... Breaking so rules. I'm going to ask that you, you give my fellow PLN a chance. So I'm going to start with Christina Luce, and it's at Christina M. Luce, L-U-C-E. And as you can tell, I didn't write these down first. And then there's Lisa Mead, who is an awesome middle school principal in upstate New York. It's Lisa Mead 23, M-E-A-D-E. And then we're going to have Vicki Day, who is a principal up north, like in a real up north. And that's at Victoria L underscore Day. And then, even though he made fun of my packing ability, Tim Dawkins. It's Tim underscore Dawks, D-A-W-K-S. And there you go. Awesome. I'm hopefully getting that's these awesome. out right now. Okay, everybody. Let's thank uh, Peter for coming on tonight. He was, of course, awesome as usual. You can find him on Twitter at Peter M. DeWitt. Um, check out his blog, as, as Teresa said. Um, he has the Finding Common Ground and um, is a prolific writer, has a few books that are coming out, so make sure to check out and support our guest, Peter. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. It's been it's been so wonderful to have you, and we've I know we've all learned a ton, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And just wanted to highlight we have our summer series uh, this year. We're changed our dates a little bit um, and our times just to you know recruit during the summer so our, our next 
uh, episode is going to be on July 20th. Our guest is going to be Kelly Tinkley uh, from Colorado. She's going to be talking about starting your own school. On July 27th, we have Daisy Dyer-Durer. Uh, she's going to talk about summer learning opportunities. She will be at NAESP. Um, she is, uh, I think it was a national principal. Um, I'm trying to think of what her, what she just got awarded. Um, sorry, we'll talk more about that. August 10th, uh, we're going to have Ben Gilpin. He's going to be fresh off of uh, EdCamp Leadership. August 24th, we have Chris Wedger, our first Canadian. We're going international here, Peter. Uh, Very good. Yeah, Chris Wedger is going to be helping us prepare for the new school year. And then we have a show on August 31st where we have a mystery special guest to help us continue to prepare for the new school year. Love Chris. He's somebody to definitely check out. I've, I've liked him for a long time. Excellent, excellent. So um, we also want to thank uh, our sponsor, uh, Storyboard That. Dot com. You can uh, get 25% off of any um, package purchased today at storyboardthat.com slash teachercast. And, of course, we want to thank uh, Jeff Bradbury for all that he does. Please follow him at teachercast on Twitter, teachercast.net for his newly redesigned website, and, of course, teachercast.tv for his podcast. Um, once again, thanks again, Peter, for coming on. And, Teresa, do you have anything else? That's it for me. Okay. Oh, principal cast out. <laughs> <laughs>